Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Wrestle Radio Networks had a guest, but we, I digress. Lady Linden, once again, is taking a sabbatical for the time being, taking care of herself. She's much better, folks. Just, you know, she wants to report to you guys that she is feeling a yeti better than way before. Okay, so anyways, the guest that I have on the show, he's got a lot of accomplishments, man. Not just the NXT audition, I'm sure. But we're going to ask him some questions later on. So, let's see here. Jake Logan, do I want to fight him? No. Heck no, man. Hey, he's on the other line already. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome to the show. Do I want to fight him? Hell no. I will keep repeating that. The man's a big boy, and he's a future future up-and-coming star in NXT, Ring of Honor, New Japan. doesn't matter. I don't care. I've never met the big guy. But you know what? Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Logan. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem, man. It's just another day in the chaos. You know, we're not going to... Like I said, I don't normally discuss politics, but in this chaos, man, I live right in the heart of it, New York. So it's close to birthday week. It's been busy, busy as of late. So I'm doing just fine. What about yourself, man? Man, uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, this coronavirus pandemic is just like, it, it definitely took a toll on me as far as bookings go. I had I had 18 bookings get canceled and... Man, I've never seen anything like this, but, you know, things are starting to look up. My next booking is going to be in Dallas, Texas, August 28th and 29th at a fan expo, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know much details yet, but uh really looking forward to it. You know, Jake, um, gave you, let's see here, I, I usually do random on-the-fly questions first, but I'm going to get the boringness out of the way. Boringness is in, you know, I don't like set questions, so I'm just going to tell you right now, okay, here's the first question I got for you, and I'm pretty sure you get asked this sometimes. 
But uh, what made you decide one day I want to become a pro wrestler, and uh, what was the motivation behind that that decision from you? So <clears throat> here's a, a little bit of a story for you. Uh, when I was very little, uh, my dad and I always loved professional wrestling. It's a cliche father's uh, father son story, but you know, mine's got a, a small twist to it. Um, so we're always watching the Monday Night Wars, flipping back and forth, channel to channel, uh, watching anything wrestling. If it's if it's on TV, if it's wrestling, we're watching it. Um, so my dad had it in his head that he wanted to one day own a professional wrestling business. So uh, by the time I'm eight years old, he he gets into professional wrestling. He starts running under the name Jack Logan. He's uh, working for this uh, place called All-Star Wrestling Network in Fort Valley, Georgia. And uh, by that point, I I wasn't – I was a wrestling fan, of course, but I wasn't – I didn't have it set in my head to be a wrestler. I always wanted to be a police officer or a firefighter, one of the two. And uh, WrestleMania 19 comes around, and I'm watching it. And I see Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho. And I see the crowd reactions, the character developments, the everything about that match from, from entrance to bell to even right after the match. Everything about that match was something that I wanted. It made me think, wow, I'd really love to be a part of that. And so Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels is definitely the match that got me wanting to be a professional wrestler and as soon as my dad opened up his own professional business uh he told me that I could uh start wrestling by the time I turned 17 and uh May 22nd 2010 I had my very first match against a guy named Cody Jones That's a, that sounds like you know what I'm saying that sounded just like uh Something you would hear on Chronicles, like, hey, you know, this is going to sound kind of cliche. My dad started a business. I like the way that the story was structured instead of, I just, you know, I like hitting people. You know, some guys that I've interviewed, I just like hitting people. Or uh, <laughs> I, I'll get the, or I'll get the, I like physical contact. I was a former athlete, you know. I like all kinds of various answers, don't get me wrong. But being as where I come from a coast that's very picky and supposedly knows our professional wrestling because, like I'm, dude. You know, speaking of bookings, a buddy of mine. Actually, I think I could make this happen, just word of mouth. Because I'm, I'm not comparing myself to Heyman, but I do have a way with words, and I would love to see Kurt Gannon versus Jake Logan. You know, that would actually be a dream match: a suplex technical artist versus a ground and pound. I don't know your style. I'm pretty sure you could fly, but I just. It just brought my head smoke since we're talking about booking and I used to be a former manager. That would be – be. I don't think he's seen my buddy. Dude, I, I'm getting questions on – or sometimes I get questions through Instagrams. It's Wrestle underscore Radio. If you have any questions for Jake Logan, you'd be willing to answer them, folks. So I'm going to move on to my next question before I start rambling too much about myself. Anyways, <laughs> so – if you could pick an opponent, past or present, to face at any WWE pay-per-view or NXT takeover, <laughs> who would you choose and why? 
Oh man. So I know I know Chris Jericho's with AEW right now, but Chris Jericho is definitely my idol, man. I I've modeled the Jake Logan character sort of after Chris Jericho, and if if somehow someday I can just just be in the ring with Chris Jericho, man, my life will be complete. Okay, so Chris Jericho, you know, I like Chris, but he's the only guy that I going to be open and honest here because I have no filters. He's the only guy on AEW that I respect and like nowadays because, and to be honest with you, I'm just going to nitpick here. I have mad respect for Cody and Dustin, but a little too whining, a little too whiny for me right now for what Cody and them are doing right now. Uh, but Chris, <laughs> I respect because he's he's one of those few guys that's a rare breed now in wrestling that I'm going to do something, and I plan on doing it, and if the you know if if creative powers that be are gonna let me, I can do it. Chris is he's nice dude. I've met him before at WrestleCon. Pretty nice guy. Um, that was yeah. a few years back because I I'm a WrestleMania addict, man. I've been going to that since ooh, 2013. But uh, <laughs> so, your style, okay. So I don't. I've watched a little bit of you on YouTube. I would say. It's ground and pound, but also technical. But you're, you know, that's mixing Chris Jericho, who could mix it up with you, a technical ground and pound, trash talking. That would actually be an interesting match now that I think about it. Man, I would love it. And, you know, like, I, I got to meet Chris Jericho a couple of times, um, actually. I. <laughs> so the first time I ever met Chris Jericho, uh, it was when he returned to Monday Night Raw and he was doing the WWE Network podcast with John Cena. Well, uh, I go up to him and I I didn't mean to, but I just freaked out and just marked out to him because in my head I was like, okay, I'm going to go over to him, tell him thank you for everything he's done in the wrestling business and shake his hand and walk away and that's it. I go up to him. I'm stumbling all over my words. I'm like, Chris, uh, WrestleMania 19, you and Shawn Michaels, my favorite match, uh, uh, made me want to be a wrestler. Uh, thank you for everything. Uh, 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 and I shook his hand, and he's like, thanks, kid, and walks away. And <laughs> that's, like, all he said to me. Part of me was just like, why the fuck did I just do that? <laughs> Fast forward a couple of years um, later, I'm extra talent again. Uh, it was uh, the weekend of the 2017 Royal Rumble. I got to be extra talent for San Antonio Takeover, uh, and then I was backstage at the Royal Rumble. I had a spot on Monday Night Raw and on SmackDown, so I was there for four days, and I got to meet Chris again. And this time I was cool, calm, and collected. He said thank you very much, um, and then I did a spot with him where Braun Strowman ended up putting him through the table. And I was one of the medical assistants that ran out and got to see, like help him back, back up to the back. Well, he didn't know that extra talents were coming out to help him. He was under, he was just thinking it was going to be just referees. So I go up to him and I'm holding his head and he looks at me and he's like, who the fuck are you? Cause he thought I was a fan. And so <laughs> I was like, I was like, hi, Chris. Uh, I'm just doing some extra talent work, just helping out the referees. He's like, 
oh, man, I almost punched you. (laughs) (laughs) And then so the next day I got Uh, to see him again because he was just uh, staying in town and we're talking and he he remembered me, of course. And I was like, man, Chris, if you would have punched me, I guess we would have got had to take it out to the ring. He's like, hey, I would have put you over. <laughs> Chris is a great. Anyway, that's that's, that's that's enough of me marking out. I'm sorry, Chris. The, the, when you when you get me on the Chris Jericho subject, man, I can just talk about that dude for for hours. I that's the guy I want to face in the ring. That's the guy who that's my dream match. You know, I'm pretty sure you know Chris is an honorable dude, despite the fact that you know. He's in AEW still, kind of recognizes and kind of tinkers around with uh, WWE in a few mentions, uh, which is like, oh my gosh, you know, creators are like, why did you do that problem? Chris is like, ah, eh, fuck you guys. I'm still friends with a few guys. You know, it's cool. You know, we're all family in wrestling, right? So <laughs> I, I enjoy Chris's promos. I love his work, you know, with Omega and at Wrestle Kingdom, which is probably one of the, like, matches that was a Picasso, Rembrandt, whatever painter you can fucking think of, man. The dude told a story, which is what I say on most of my shows. If you're a worker and you don't tell me a story as a fan, I will instantly tune you out. I will watch you, but I will tune you out and say, okay, your match was all right, but what story were you trying to tell me? You know what I mean? Jericho is yeah. a master of working a match, whether he's heel, baby face, referee, it does not matter. The guy puts in the effort, and people may critique him for doing, you know, a certain physique, but I don't really give a fuck because he's one of those few guys that few far in between, like The Rock or Triple H or a Stone Cold. You know, some people may critique their in-ring stuff as workers, but see, also, let's, you know, before I get into rambling too, um, if you could pick any opponent from any era of professional wrestling, it doesn't have to be the 90s. It does not have to be specifically the 2000s. It could be any era from, like, you could be Stan Hansen. It could be Bruiser Brody. If you could handpick an opponent of, era, uh, of any era in wrestling, who would you choose and why would you choose to face them? Hmm. So I'm actually... And they're they're more in the same era, but um, I'm actually torn between Macho Man Randy Savage and Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig. And that's because, like, I was always a big fan of Macho Man, you know, just the everything about him, the color scheme, the tassels, the everything he was as an entity. Like, he was the epitome of a professional wrestling character. And just if, if I could get in the ring with him, and he was a master of psychology as well, uh, as well as uh, uh, Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect could outwork anybody in that locker room. Any locker room he entered, he was he could work circles around anybody in it. And so I would I would love to have had the opportunity to test myself against him. I think psychology wise, Savage was probably one of the best. Because he could just, like, from start, from bell start to finish, the man could have you going, oh, my gosh, is he, gonna, is he down and out, you know? And what's he going to do next? What's Randy going to do next? I actually have a fun story to tell you about Perfect and Savage. The guy that I knew that got me on an episode of SmackDown Live as an extra 
four years ago. He he himself was a graduate of Larry Sharp's Monster Factory, not Danny Cage's. But he got to be in the same locker room as those guys, and I said, am I fucking jealous of you, man? I am really, really jealous and upset. And he goes, why? I said, you got to meet Randy Savage to get... And he goes, Mark. <laughs> I said, no, dude, I'm serious, because Randy's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I mean, the way that his demeanor was, oh, I'm going to get you, man. Like, that's yeah. the, here's a story behind how, why he talks like that, I guess, in a, like a house show against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He's gonna, you know the old steel guardrail pose, the ones that have no give when you bump on those and they hurt like hell? Um, I know well, him too well. Yeah, Savage's throat apparently got crushed on one of those, and that's why he talked like that all the time, even outside the ring, man. No joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I heard and, about that. I, 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 what's that? Well, and like uh, the funny part about Mr. Perfect, I got a fun story to tell you. So on the first episode of Raw, because you can see this dude, his name was uh, Scott Vita, but he... He was in the match against Bastion Booger, but anyways, he's in the back, and this was when Raw was first starting in 93, right? So, Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels get into a fight. Well, God rest your soul, Howard Finkel, but Finkel's in the back watching the fight, and Shawn Michaels' boot goes through the windshield of Howard Finkel's rental car. They get to the back, and he's <laughs> like, oh my God, it's my fucking rental car. Oh my God, what the hell, man? I about died laughing at that story. Because <laughs> my, my history, dude, I am old. I am older than dirt. I was at the first Raw in the Manhattan Center, which is kind of funny. Because my I call him my trainer, my mentor, Scott, was actually part of the show. And I said, wait a minute, you worked with Glenn and Chad? Ah, oh, not fair, man. I love the headbangers as a tag team. Just going to throw that out there. Even though their work uh, isn't well known by current gen, but uh, those guys graduated Monster Factory and also helped train my trainer. So, anyways, Mr. Okay. Perfect, yeah, Mr. Perfect uh, and him. And I asked him, I said, "So, did you ever meet Rick Rude?" And he said, "Yes, I think Rick was, you know, one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet." And what about Jake the Snake? And I, I've met that dude before too. Nice guy. I love his promos. But I gotta ask you, my man. Of all the talkers in this wrestling world, who do you think stands out to you the most uh, outside of Chris Jericho? Because I I just pegged that that he's your favorite. <laughs> outside of outside of Chris, so who can pick up the mic and just instantly grab your attention the minute you hear them speak? Uh, you know. If if I'm not saying Ric Flair, I would have to say Eddie Guerrero when actually, when they actually gave him the mic. And you know, it, some people might disagree with me as far as the Eddie Guerrero one goes. Some people, may, maybe not a lot, but you know, like Eddie was one of those guys, man, who just if he wanted you to hate him, you hated him instantly. If he wanted you to love him, you loved him instantly. It was just one of those things, man. Like he could. He could start out with a heel promo, and you could be booing the shit out of him, and then you could be loving him by the end of a promo, if that makes any sense. I think that Eddie 
to me, like, you know, being part of my heritage is what I am, you know, part Latino, part black. I loved Eddie's, uh, you know, his in-ring stuff where I'm going to throw a chair and the referee is going to turn around and believe me that I got hit with one. I I just love <laughs> how he was such an on-the-fly character. Much like speaking of on-the-fly, I'll give you a little background as to who Nikki Cross, uh, Brian Pillman, the fly, the original flying Brian, not Junior. I like Junior. Junior's nice. I've had him on my show too. <laughs> but I like the gimmicks that'll make people go, "Why? Why are they even here? That's weird." I don't mind gimmicks that are outlandish or ones that'll make you go, oh, well, he's an asshole. Wow, she's such a bitch. I don't really care because to me, dude, I lean more towards uh, who the fans are going to, well, I don't like him. I don't I don't mind him. He's not bad. Guys like that are underrated to me, like Tommaso Ciampa, or gals that really don't get that much credibility, like, oh, gee, I don't know. Um, I Like I said, Nikki Cross, Bianca Belair, uh, Lacey Evans, gimmicks that really don't catch people. Otis, but like I told you in messages, I said to you, I was like, well, this guy's a biggin. How come I don't see him up and coming? You know, I know I realize there's a pandemic, but there's plenty of room on the rosters right now. Maybe, I mean, it takes, I got to ask you, that. that's my next question. I'm pretty sure you get asked this sometimes by local fans and fans around, but when you got to the PC and they gave you an audition, what was that like walking through those uh, doors and, you know, man, I'm nervous. What what was the initial feeling when you stepped foot and gave your audition? So um, being in the performance center was surreal. There's, there's things that I'm not going to say on air because I, I, sh- shouldn't and can't publicly say but I will tell you that being in the performance center was a surreal feeling and then being able to cut a promo in front of the likes of Matt Bloom, William Regal, um even Road Dog man like it was so cool. So cool. Um it's I've <laughs> that's a part of my wrestling history too dude. Um very long time ago, back in 2014, and like you said, it's it's a surreal feeling to step through those doors and see every you know picture of every possible star that you can think of, and you're thinking, "Oh man, my nerves! I won't have nerves." And then when you pick up the microphone, or you just they just ask you to on the promo fly about a certain subject, and you have to do it. It's you know it's the big time. It's you either sink or you swim. And uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, whenever whenever I was in the PC and I got to do my promo, that was probably the second best promo that I felt like I've ever done in my life. My The first promo that I ever felt like I, I killed it with was uh, at a Chavo Guerrero seminar where he asked us, uh, he was at, uh, given us certain topics and he gave me uh, Rey Mysterio uh, at no way out in a hair versus mask match. And I like went right into it. And, and both, both of those promos are at the top of my list for me. Um, but I think it was more nerve wracking in the PC due to all of the, 
all the legends who are actually watching, you know? I mean, it's not just like, you know, people think, well, it's just <laughs> what I saw in fighting with my family. No, folks, that is not how the performance center works. I can't give you all the ins and outs for those of you listening to this, but let me just tell you, uh, the best comparison and contrast I can give it to is like, okay, combine the Olympics, the NFL, and America's Got Talent, and you've got the Performance Center in a fucking nutshell because you're not just in front of your peers, because I'm sure it was different times for Jake and myself, because you're not only competing for a spot, you're competing with people that are either your best friend or either your worst enemy and you don't know. So I, from my experience, probably different than yours because I dealt with different folk. You probably dealt with different folk. But the, the point is to be invited there is one thing because I still have my old Performance Center shirt from twenty yeah 2014. My God, I'm old. <laughs> but I just... I just, it's amazing because you said Bloom's name, and I'm like, okay, let me guess, Smiley, Bloom, yeah. Brian, sorry, broke kayfabe. Does that word even exist anymore in wrestling? I mean, seriously. Um, <laughs> there's just a lot of things that went in that era because there was a whole horde of talent, folks. Yeah, uh, definitely. That go through the performance I- center. And it's just, like, impossible not to be like, oh, I'm the greatest fucker here, and you sibling shits are going to be, you know, dust under my feet. It's not true. It's not true. (laughs) I just got to ask you, though, because I asked this question to all my other guests before, what's the weirdest thing that a fan, male or female, has ever offered you, and you're just kind of taking a few steps back going, you know... I'm flattered, but no thanks. Do you have a few stories you want to share with the audience about that? Uh, you know, anytime a female comes up to you asking if you'll sign their boobs, that's so is a, a weird feeling, especially when you got your fiance there. Because um, my fiance pretty much travels to all the shows with me. She's my probably outside of my dad. She's probably my biggest supporter. Um, but, um, I mean, uh, I've autographed shoes, I've autographed phones, I've autographed wallets, uh, business cards. Um, I, I've never really received gifts yet. I, I don't know if, uh, that's like, uh, <laughs> if I got to get on a popular level for that or whatever, but you know, maybe it'll come, but I'm trying to think of like the weirdest thing that I've signed because I've I've signed some pretty weird things. Um, <laughs> man. Well, uh, let me just put it to you like this, man. Has have you ever had one of those moments or like at a show when someone comes up to you and they say something to you and it just catches your attention? You're like, wait, what? And then. You go back to your hotel, or you uh, you think to yourself, did he really or did she really just ask me to do what I think they just asked me to do? Because there's going to be times, I guess, in, in our wrestling careers, man, where we've had weird questions asked like, wow, dude, I didn't even know that was possible for a human being to do. 
No. <laughs> Uh, no, I haven't, I, I haven't gotten the chance to experience that yet, but, um, <laughs> uh, I guess, <laughs> but I, I guess going back to, uh, like the weirdest thing I've ever signed, I was, uh, at wrestling for the Cauliflower Alley Club in 2017, uh, and I got to wrestle against the Tokyo Monster Kahagas, and, um, the weirdest thing that I signed, I would have to say is, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Vegas, but at night, the, these people will pass around these little cards and they've got pictures of naked women on them. And that's probably the weirdest thing I've signed because somebody asked me to sign it and I'm like, well, I'm not this person showing my tits. So. <laughs> well, that's, that's around a level of weird, man, because, well, to be be honest with you, if I'm signing somebody else's tits, I'm like, well, I guess you're, you think of me pretty. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, as a, well, as I can say this, I've, I've openly outed myself on air before, but as a gay person, one of the funniest things that has ever happened to me at a show was a dude slipped a phone number in my, in my suit pocket. And I'm thinking, you know... <laughs> I don't think I'm that. I need to lose weight first, and I don't really. Ew, gross. This was in, not in Larning, Kansas. This was in Carbondale, Kansas. Mind you, it was an outside show, and I was the manager at the time. And I said, "Okay, ooh, somebody slipped me a, a piece of paper." I look, it's the dude's phone number. I was like, oh, yeah, smile, nod the head, go to the back of the dressing room, like, rip up. Nope. Nope. And so, yeah, that was one weird experience, I guess, I can partake in. But anyways, uh, so now that we're getting past a little bit of the travel bans and you got a booking, you know, to look forward to in Dallas, Texas, is there any dream arena that you see yourself in one day and be like, man, I finally made it? If it was between the arena choices of Madison Square Garden, let's see, or the Tokyo Dome, or, you know, any arena in the United States, like, where you would want to perform in front of friends, family, your fiancé, where would it be, and, you know, who would you want to work, especially in the most, uh, in the biggest arena of your whole entire life? Like, where, what match, you know, what type of match, and, and why? Uh, so Madison Square Garden and Tokyo Dome are definitely dream, dream venues of mine, uh, as they should for most any professional wrestler. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, uh, if I, I feel like I will have made it once I've wrestled in the Tokyo Dome, however, I would really like to go and wrestle in the old ECW arena. Philly, uh, you know now, what? Hey, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Now, as far as an opponent goes, it's the Tokyo Dome. I want it to be somebody like somebody like Chris Jericho. It doesn't have to be Chris Jericho. I would love it to be, but you know, like. 
anybody, like anybody with a star caliber. If I'm going in the ECW arena, then, you know, I can uh, I can throw out to a, a challenge to somebody like Matt Taven or somebody. I, uh... I, I sense there's a beef between you two. Is it any kind of, is it something like a professional, personal beef? Or is it just like, you want to <laughs> show, okay, you think you're, you think you're bad, but I'll show you, man. Is it that type of uh, professional beef that's going on between you two? So for anybody that doesn't know me out there, let me just say this. Whenever I go to the ring, whether I'm a heel or a baby face, I always yell, I'm Jake Logan. Anywhere, any arena, any any chance I get in a match, I yell, I'm Jake Logan. You can, If you want to look up Jake Logan wrestling on YouTube, go for it. You'll see every match that I'm in, I'm always yelling, I'm Jake Logan. So with that being said, I started doing that persona in 2013. And from then on, I, of course, it was all indie level talent, but everybody was saying, oh, well, that's not marketable. It's not, it's not going to catch on. It's not going to do this. It's not going to do that. You're not going to sell anything. I've proven many people wrong. All of a sudden, two years ago, I want to say about two years ago, Matt Taven is back on Ring of Honor, and he's in the world title picture with Jay Lethal. And all of a sudden, he's yelling, "I'm Matt Taven." Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hateful towards the guy. I bear no hate towards him or anything of that nature. I, I don't even know if this dude knows I exist. And it's such a simple line. If you if you're a wrestler, you could just go out and yell, "I'm so and so." It sounds so simple, but the fact that I was told from 2013 even to now that how that I'm Jake Logan isn't marketable, I'm Jake Logan isn't going to catch on, I'm Jake Logan isn't a good character, and then I see Matt Taven selling T-shirts, making it marketable, doing it every chance he gets, just like I do. It's just like, huh, you know, this guy's on TV, he's selling shirts and everything, and yet I, I've got all these people tagging me in his stuff, and it's the same people who said it, it wasn't marketable. I'm, ra- I'm, I'm, I'm rambling now, and I apologize, but I, I would like to pick Matt Taven's brain. Uh, he's obviously on TV. I'm not at the moment. Um He's obviously done far bigger things than I have, ROH world champion. I mean, congratulations to him. He, he's a hell of a wrestler, and he's somebody who I'd, who I'd like to face. But it's just like, I, I just think of the, the tagline, I'm Jake Logan versus I'm Matt Taven. And I'm just like, you know, there could be something there. There could, there could be a story there. There could be a good match there, you know? If that makes any sense to you. Well, some people from or from Ring of Honor, I'll I'll just say it. Oh, you know, sometimes workers forget where their heads are, and they forget how to identify fans. 
Taven is a nice dude, but I just some of his work. Hmm. You know, like you said, he's the Ring of Honor World Champion, so he must be doing something right under Delirious and Brutal Bob. Who I love to death. That guy is Uncle Bob is amazing, and he speaks positively about everyone. But I am what you call the cynic polar opposite, and some of Taven's work, dude, is very. It's not uniform. It's well, it's different. I'm going to do something different. Uncle Bob says, you may not be able to see or hear people saying, hey, I'm going to take your gimmick, or hey, I'm going to take it and make it better. Your your match with him, I want to see, because Taven, some of his shit is very uniform and very bland and very generic, and it bores me to tears sometimes. But that's, they're like, oh, you're psycho, he's got great matches. Yes, yes, the people who think, you know, oh, Ring of Honor wrestling purist type bullshit. There is no such thing, folks, by the way, as pure wrestling. Wrestling is wrestling to me. So whenever he uttered the words in a promo, I am the purest of Ring of Honor, I love you to death, my friend, but I just want to point out, man, even if it's a promo, what kind of crock of shit are you trying to spew Towards an audience that really half believes, and some of them are just like enamored by what you're doing in the ring. And this is not a call out, this is just a pitch. When wrestling opens again, would you accept a challenge from I am Jake Logan? And uh, to add fuel to the fire, fight him. I mean, here's the thing this can, this can either be a work or a shoot, however you want to take it. I mean, if Matt ever decides to listen to this podcast or anything, I mean, Matt, I, I'd love to get in the ring with you. However, if you, for some reason, did watch me and did take my tagline, that's fine. That's fine. But, hey, I I, I can tell you this much. I'm going to keep doing it, even though everybody says Matt Taven already did it on TV. You can't do it no more. Fuck that. I'm Jake Logan. And Matt Taven, if you don't like me, fight me. That's a very plausible challenge. Like I said, Taven, he's a, he probably would. I don't speak for him, but I'm just guessing, folks. This is just because I've seen him in action in Ring of Honor. Very talented guy. Uh, if someone says it's very suspicious to say, hmm, maybe he didn't know that he took Jake's idea. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he did. But I... Who, sorry, Paul, if I'm stealing from your uh, reference binder book of wonderful promos, you may be the Ring of Honor World Champion. You are, currently speaking. But I think you need a little practice. I think, actually, I'm quite certain that you would oblige Mr. Logan by accepting an open challenge. And let's raise the stakes, shall we? Let's make this interesting. You say you'll defend against anybody, all newcomers? Hmm. Why not up the ante and defend your Ring of Honor championship against Mr. Logan? And let's and see. I haven't watched Ring of Honor in a while. If he, if he's, if he's the current world champion right now, then hell, let's do it. Let's make it a ch- open challenge. 
I don't care if it's gauntlet style. I don't really care, but I seem to think that I am fill in the blank needs to be a match, and whoever wins this match, T-shirts made, championship won, championship not won, it will prove one point. That one of you is who you say you are. And yes, <laughs> I happen to be a manager, and I want to get a little clientele going because I already have the suplex machine, the true suplexorcist, the man behind the true meaning of suplex, the god of suplexes, Kurt Gannon. Let me explain something to you all. Brock Lesnar ain't got shit on my clients. Yes, he held the title for 400 and some odd days because the powers that be let him, even though he only showed up to work one day a week. Just saying, I'm throwing, I said a lot of people are going to say, whoa, look, man, I'm not a part of the company anymore. I tried out in 2014, so yes, I'm going to let things fly just a smidgen because, like I said to Jake earlier when I messaged him, I have no filters, but I, I am within reason. I'm not going to sugarcoat shit when people really know the honest-to-God truth. People have work ethics in professional wrestling. That man barely showed up, and they say he's the greatest fighting champion ever. I beg to disagree with Michael Cole's commentary at Royal Rumble after I, I was there in Houston. I, you know... I partook in, you know, the activities, like the autograph signings and whatnot, and I can tell you, yeah, it depends. But anyways, folks, that's my rambling. Haven, Logan, let's make this happen, because Ring of Honor needs some new blood, and I got the wonderful, wonderful talents that they have in there, you know, the Briscoe Brothers, Obviously, Mr. Taven himself, Jay Lethal. Once upon a time, Cody Rhodes was a part of that organization. But I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't hurt to have somebody that's got desire, that's got the, the willpower to prove that, hey, did you steal something from me or did you not? I don't really. It'd be fun. It'd be fun because I'm going to tell you something. If I can find a way to prove myself that I not only a voice, but I am the reason behind Mr. Logan. No, he's the reason behind himself. But fight him? No. Fight him? Will you, Matt Taven? I'm sounding like Yoda here, but I think the answer is yes. I mean, I'm down for it, man. I, I'd, I'd love to get in the ring with Matt. Like I said, it's I bear no no hatred towards him. If if he did, for some reason, watch me and see me doing it, that's fine. You know, flattery that that's that's flattering. You know, but um, as far as getting in the ring with him, man, like I, I'm up for any type of challenge. I see, folks. What Mister Logan is saying is. All it takes is a simple answer to the challenge, and if you are going to share this episode, believe it or not, after we get off the air, it takes about a couple hours. Since I got a lot of folk in the wrestling community on Twitter, though they probably don't fucking care to listen, they probably do, because off the rails, uncensored gets mentioned. Well, the uncensored part doesn't get mentioned on uh, 
Raw, but it does. I'm a bit off the rails. Kevin Owens mentioned it last night, which I found funny. And I don't have nothing against Kevin. He's a great. That's one of the guys I think is like the fatter version of Jericho. If he's, sorry, KO, but you are. That's just my personal observation on Kevin Owens. The man can work for a big guy. He's lost a lot of weight. Um, but Kevin and that was a genius combo, if you think about it. Anyways, so we're on the subject of challenges and open challenges. When everything opens back up, man, I'm just excited to be you know, back to going to shows and um, seeing people. I might actually, with one of your shows is available, and if I have time on the weekend, I'm going to come meet you in person if that's okay with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool I with can. that, man. If I can travel, because right now I'm not sure if they're – well, they they kind of lifted travel restrictions here in New York. I'm not sure if we're allowed to get out of state because once we say where we're from, they're probably going to quarantine my ass, which which is annoying as all hell, but I get why. But anyway, yeah, it, it happened to the bunch of the fucks that went to Florida and tried to, oh, yeah, I'm going to escape this virus thing. End up quarantining us like a bunch of uh, animals, you know, in cages at the zoo. Long story short, I want to fucking travel. I really do. I miss going to wrestling shows, and thanks to this stupid pandemic, Mania 36 became a bust. Um, but, you know, like, it's not a sob story podcast. Good Lord. What am I doing? Um, oh, yes. If you had to go overseas to either the UK, Japan, wrestle over wrestling overseas, where would you where would you most likely want to wrestle? Like, hey man, I was in Italy, or hey man, I was in Germany. Where would be like the most brag ass point for you wrestling? <laughs> Look at me, I'm in Japan. Look at me, I'm you know over here. I don't know Spain or something like that or CMLL. What would be the biggest bragging point around the world to say, hey, I worked here? Uh, I would, to be honest, man, I, I don't, I don't want to brag or anything. I, <laughs> I, I just want, I would just want to have a successful career in the world of professional wrestling and I, successful as, as, as I can make it. And successful to me means traveling the world, going places, meeting, being on top of the professional wrestling industry. And, you know, I, if I ever got the opportunity to work for AEW, I'd accept it. If I ever got the opportunity to work with Ring of Honor, I'd accept it. CMLL, AAA, ROH, you name it. Um, MLW, uh, all those places, man. I, I just want to have a successful career. Then I can brag to my dad because I I love my dad. He's my he's my biggest supporter, and my dad will brag with me. And I I don't want to brag to anybody up front and say, well I've been here, I've been here, ha ha. Look, I'm I'm over here now because that's that's just not in my character. But it, it's it's definitely my dream to be, of course, on top of the professional wrestling industry. And to be honest. I consider being on top uh, in the WWE. The WWE is the biggest organization in professional wrestling. It's the best organization in professional wrestling. I I fell in love with WWE when I was a kid. 
that's where my heart lies. So even if I did get the opportunity to work for Ring of Honor, AEW, MLW, CML, all those places, like I know that I I wouldn't be done wrestling until I've made a career in the WWE. And that's you know that's a good answer, my man, because I'm what I'm what I'm getting at is like I for me what happened. It's obviously different what happened with uh with what where your career is, my career is. The reason I say that is because all of us wanna make it big. You'd be lying if you said you didn't want to make it big. Some people say, Well, I just wanna do it, you know, as a as a side hobby. I gotta get to my next question for you. Like what I'm gonna ask this two separate. Uh what's the biggest pet peeve of yours that workers say around the locker room and uh why does that, you know, why does that certain pet peeve annoy you the most? Like, what what gets said that annoys you and just stay quiet and be like, okay, I see what kind of worker you are, or, and just say to yourself, like, uh, you listen, you know, you hear a lot of shit, folks, in the locker room and in the indie locker room, just to be honest with you, man. But uh, speaking from your experiences, what really get, grates your nerves and makes you grind your teeth and go, all right, I got to get out. Before I, you know, say something I'm going to regret. Hey, brother, I forgot my knee pads. Can I borrow yours? Um, uh, and I, I hate when, when people just really think that they're better than everybody else. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I I got into many arguments, almost fights with a guy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw his name out there, but uh, in Amarillo, Texas, uh, many arguments because there's this guy who, quote unquote, had been wrestling for 18 years, trained by Killer Kowalski, blah blah blah, did this, did that. Vince said he would sign him if he was just a little bit bigger. Man, I just I, I don't have time for guys like that. I just don't. And and hearing guys like that really just makes me want to punch somebody in the face. And I I try not to be that way. My my fiance will tell you I'm I'm an asshole already. And I, I really <laughs> I I'm so much of an asshole that if you've got a terrible laugh, I don't even want to be your friend. And I <laughs> but that's that's me outside of the ring. I will be professional as hell. To you, that doesn't mean I have to like you. Good point. I mean, there's a lot of. Oh, dude, yeah, that brings me to my next point. Now, we mentioned what workers do to annoy, and let me shed some light on this. Uh, since you told the world what annoys you, I'll tell the world what annoys me. When workers assume they know what the crowd wants, first of all, Speaking as a former worker, manager, and and all this stuff, let me doesn't mean I know everything it does pertain to, but let me just shed some light. Some of you guys who say this is the, what's going to pop the crowd, yeah, some of you know and some of you don't. Please do not overassume what you think you know about how the crowd's going to react because some of us would just appreciate it if you just put on a show, not try to overdo shit. Secondly, you don't know what's going to pop room, the crowd until you actually get out there. Yes, because if it's 
it depends on the region too. Like if you're in the South, holy, let me tell you something. No offense to the, the Southern folk. I love you to death. But if you say something about sports team, race cars, or patriotism, because that's easy for me. I, if you take one look at me, man, I'm a profile. I look for him, don't I? All I have to do is speak in a foreign accent. Of, oh, man, go back to where it is you came from. See? It's you got to gauge the crowd when you get out there, like Jake said. Thank you for bringing that up. You can't just be in the back, oh, well, at this you know, point in the promo, they're going to react this way. That grates on my nerves, and I start rocking back and forth like Nikki Cross when she's in character. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, really? So you're going to pop the crowd with one sentence? That's not how this works, man. Also, <laughs> I'm going to touch on this point. What annoys you about certain fans? Like, what really... What makes you go, okay, I can fact-check you or put you in your place in a nice way, but if you start grating on my nerves, that's when the claws come out. What what has stood out to you from what a fan or fans have done that make you go, okay, you're not involved, you never trained, why are you making comments? What annoys you the most about uh, when fans start implementing that they know about our business? Man, when... If if I'm at a show and let's say it's like during intermission or something, um, and I'm I'm trying to sell my pictures and I've got a crowd of people and I've got this one jackass saying, "Oh man, you you did a great job out there," and blah blah blah. Even though you were scripted, uh, even though it was all choreographed, even though it's all fake, like, dude, there's kids in the crowd. Typically, don't ruin this for them. If you if you have a shred of decency, don't. If you know anything about our business, that's cool, man. You're you're a, a keyboard warrior. You're you're a smart mark. Good for you. Go do that somewhere else. Go back behind your keyboard and do that. Don't ruin it for the kids. Don't ruin it for the fans who are there to have a great time. I I completely agree, dude, because when someone says the words wrestling, I don't mind. When it, the words fake, scripted, choreographed come up, that's when my defense mechanisms turn on and say, great, you know terms, congratulations, please sit your ass down and shut the fuck up and stop ruining it for the fucking kids. Pardon my French, folks, I'm from Brooklyn, but you know... When people, and just like going on Matt, this is the best analogy, I think. Of course, I could be wrong. You probably have better than me. <laughs> it's like going to a magic show, and there's a bunch of kids, and there's that one kid that sits there and says, well, you know how he pulls the rabbit out of his hat? Yeah. Or you know how he got rid of those eggs and created that dove to come out? You know what I mean? Stop giving away the fucking secrets. Enjoy the show. That's the one thing that I want to touch base with you also is, like, do you think that fans are enjoying it less because they have all these dirt sheets to read from, like, Dave Meltzer and Forbes and RingsideNews.com and all that? Do you think it's kind of ruining the joy of uh, being at a wrestling show, kind of, sort of? I absolutely agree. I, I feel like dirt sheets are one of the biggest professional wrestling 
uh, ever. And if there were no dirt sheets, I feel like people would be more invested. People wouldn't have the ends or out or yeah, they wouldn't have the ends to know what's going on in our business. And, you know, I just, but you know, it is what it is that they are there and it's, it doesn't really do a whole lot to complain about it, but all you can really do is, you know, save, save your talents for those who are there to enjoy the show. And I'm not saying blow off the smart marks or anybody like that. If you're there to enjoy the show and you're a smart mark, please enjoy the show. But don't come up to me saying, oh, you're a great worker. Uh, I, I, love, I love you as a heel, but I think you're better as a baby face or this or that. Like, just sit down, shut up, buy a picture, take a photo, you know, just sit down. Yeah, that's my thought too, dude, is like, my my annoyance, because I was at a Wrestling Revolver show, one of Sammy's shows. I love Sammy Callahan to death. Um, I've met, it's funny because I went up to the autograph table and uh, I told Jesse Havoc, that's who I marked out for, I was like, OMG, you know, like, you're one of my favorite workers, I'm sorry to be a complete and total mark, but I said... I just enjoy your work and you're a great worker. And she goes, no, it's okay to mark out. She goes, actually, I've seen you before. I said, oh, crap. Oh, my. And um, I met Lance Archer, big dude. Of course, I'm pretty sure if I meet you, I, I, feel, I'll, I will feel like a midget. I, I basically do. Every time I meet fellow workers, they're like, hey, shorty. I was like, please don't call me that. Please do not. <laughs> and, uh, Long story short, I, I was in the crowd just trying to enjoy the show, and it's happened once or twice, where someone said something that triggered me, and I didn't know why. But then it dawned on me because the guy said, oh, that was a botch. Oh, that was right. You're better as a heel. And I turned right and said, congratulations. You know terms. Now sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up and enjoy the show, please. And yeah. we were, okay, it was the SmackDown Live after WrestleMania 35, okay? There was a guy sitting next to me. We were sitting in the nosebleeds, and I was thinking, okay, there's got to be one or two in the audience that's going to annoy me. And I shouldn't really, it shouldn't really fucking bother me. But if you've ever worked in the professional wrestling business, ladies and gents, there are certain things that are triggers for us. He says, well, see, babe. They put the heels with the heels and the baby faces with the babies. And I said, are, are you – I asked the guy straight out. I said, are you um, a former worker? How do you know the terms? He goes, no, I just, I, I just read it somewhere. You just read it somewhere. I know you're trying to get laid, my man. But there's different things you could do with your girl that will get you laid instead of using wrestling terms. Because I guarantee you, she don't care. She even nodded her head at me. That's the sad part about this. So, (laughs) word to the wise. Please, if you know any wrestling term and you're a fan, cool. Use it amongst yourselves. Do not use it in front of us. And I say us because... We trained inside a ring. We've taken not just back bumps, but different, you know, types of situations and scenarios that will prepare us. 
we know, ex- we know exactly what's yeah. going on. Yeah, and if you say something, immediately in our brains, as workers, we're thinking, oh, where'd you train? And if you if you present that, like the guy presented it in front of, in Barclays, and it was just kind of like a mini Madison Square Garden, really. Point is, do not fucking say it in front of us, because it just makes you look bad. And dude, <clears throat> to be honest with you, I, I miss wrestling shows. What do you okay? Since the pandemic, I've, I'm just curious. What do you miss most um, about being a part of a professional wrestling show? Man, I miss popping the crowd, pissing them off. I miss. I literally miss everything about pro wrestling. Everything. I can't narrow it down to one thing. I just. I. I miss putting on my gear. I miss. Hating tying my boots. <laughs> That's just I, I just I miss I, I I miss the feel of the crowd. I miss being able to work with good people. Um I miss asking Greenhorns how long they've been in the business so I can get a feel of how how the match is gonna go. I so let me see here. I have, like I said, folks, we're going to do a special edition of Off the Rails and Censored as a coin show. And, Jake, do you want to stay on the line for, uh, like, 10, 15 more minutes, if that's cool? Yeah, I can do a little bit longer, man. I, I got to get to the gym before it closes. Okay, cool, man. I promise you I won't keep you, but probably we'll just do 10 more minutes of Off the Rails and Censored, and then I will continue on without. So, um, ladies and gents, this the following show was coined on March 7, 2016. Off the Rails Uncensored is a publicly traded podcast. Any replication or duplication thereof or dissemination thereof, you'll be fined $45 and it will go straight to my PayPal. No joke. Any use of the phrase Off the Rails Uncensored on any other podcast is strictly prohibited. Off the Rails Uncensored is a podcast that has explicit language. So if you're kids are listening to this during the pandemic, I'm sorry, but if they gain a few new French language words like fuck, damn it, prick, piece of shit, phrases like that, then my bad. But folks, anyways, you're about to get inside my head, so 10 minutes more with Jake Logan, and uh, a few choice minutes with moi. Bear with me, monkeys in the truck, please hit my music. intro because I don't think music has anything to do with mood. Um, so I caught a bit of last night's show. I, like I said, I catch tidbits of WWE stuff. I catch, I have wrestling ADHD, which means 
I watch anything and everything that I can get my hands on that's professional wrestling, and I can tell you, I'm not so sure about Austin Theory. I don't know what to make of the kid. I think that they may have moved him a little bit too soon, but that's just my personal observation. Uh, I said that on last night's show, again, I'm not sure what to think of him. I think he kind of reminds me of Lance Storm. I'm not sure about wrestling style, but looks-wise he does remind me of Lance, and that's kind of odd. But while I have Jake on the horn here with me for the remaining 10 minutes before he goes and pounds iron and beats up anyone who looks wrong at him, which I don't think he does, but I just... <clears throat> this show, man, <clears throat> this show basically is me recalling what's been going on so far this year and just observing WWE. There's tidbits that you don't say as professional because if you ever want to spot on their roster, word to the wise, you keep it to a bare minimum, but you also express within the means. I just got to say and point out, there's some parts of me that believes Raw wasn't a terrible show last night. And why do I say that? Because comparatively speaking to what AEW is doing, I don't know. It's kind of – I'm torn. I really like some of the characters on AEW. Some of them really don't really – in my eyes, they don't really draw attention. Orange Cassidy. I'm going to bring him up. Dude is kind of unique. He is unique. He puts his hands in his pockets, and he does wrestling moves. But he kind of reminds me of Enzo Amore in the sense that doesn't talk much, doesn't need to, but when you're down in trouble, put your hands in. You can give a drop kick. Um, as far as overall, man, like, have you even sat down to watch a wrestling show? Or do you find yourself going, I kind of know what's going to happen. Why should I watch this shit? Or do you find yourself going, oh, that was interesting. But, I mean, what's the overall take and feel of, like, what you've been doing since the COVID-19 whole mess? Uh, for me, man, I I always try to keep, keep up with what's going on in wrestling. Um Although I haven't watched a lot of Ring of, Ring of Honor lately, which I should because I got a good friend in Shane Taylor who wrestles there. Um, uh, for uh, Raw, I didn't watch last night's episode, but uh, you brought up Austin Theory, and I got to tell you, man, uh, he is—he's going to be a huge star. That's that's another good friend of mine. Him and I—we worked a show in Texas one time, and. We didn't have a hotel room together, so we both stayed at one of my friends' house, and we literally stayed up till like four in the morning playing SmackDown versus Raw, or it was a WWE 2K16 maybe, um, and just shooting the shit, talking, having fun, and then uh, he ended up getting signed, and then I did the last time I saw him was in March when I did. Uh, uh, extra talent for NXT out in Orlando and uh, we got to shoot the shit and hang out for a little while again but he's a good kid He, uh, I, I really I'm excited for when WWE gives him the mic See I've only seen him talk at Evolve and that's uh, you know he's faced guys like Marcel Bartel, Roderick Strong, Walter names that you think man how did he get himself involved in this match? And I've been curious to ask a lot of the wrestling community, 
is this guy for real because or is it going to be another Kevin Nash moment where they push this kid way too soon? And it's just like you just stated something very interesting. You know, he's going to be a big star. You've worked him before. So that actually, that helps me out. Uh, assess him better because I've only seen maybe two or three matches of his, which is not fair to make judgment on him. That's what I said last night's show. I said, I don't really know much about Austin Theory other than he's about to turn 23. That's pretty much all I know. And the fact that he wrestled for WWN and Evolve and he's wrestled on a uh, Revolver show. But um, anyways, to wrap Austin, this up, I know you're probably getting Oh, go ahead, He's man. a very gifted dude. He's a very gifted dude, man. And uh, I don't think he's been able to showcase everything he's got yet. And once, once they, you know, extend that leash on him a little bit, I, I honestly believe everybody's going to be, you know, gung-ho about this guy, heel or babyface. I really am curious to see, because I know he had a great match with Roderick Strong uh, in NXT, because Roderick Strong had that uh, open challenge for the uh, North American Championship. And Austin, you know, that was one of the matches that caught my attention. Was I was like, man, I've only seen him a couple of times with Greg Hiccup and Evolve in San Antonio. And, you know, once again, at Revolver in Iowa. But I can tell you, I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure. I have to, it takes me a minute or two to be like, okay, he's, you know, going to catch the fans' attention. To be bumped up that quick from a rookie roster, not a rookie roster. I don't call NXT rookies because, you know, you know some of these guys before they come in, like Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn at one point, you know, Simon Gotch. All these guys and gals are very talented. But I got to ask you, man, do you think it was too soon for him to be moved from NXT to the main roster? So he's been on uh, WWE's radar for a long time. Um he, uh, I think one of the last matches he did with Evolve as champion, uh, it was on the network and Paul Heyman introduced him to the ring. I know Paul's a big advocate for him. Um, and I think that's what ultimately got him signed. Uh, he did have a tryout, I think in 2016, 2017. And so yep. I think WWE loved him right after that or right then, right there. The dude is a cardio machine, so he fits right in with the with the tryouts because the tryouts will, oh, man, they will blow you up. And Austin, yeah, uh, I had a, I have a one of my good friends. His name's uh, Ryzen. He actually uh, defeated Woken Matt Hardy before uh, Matt Hardy became broken again. And um, yeah, uh, Ryzen did a did the tryout with Austin Theory and even Ryzen's got nothing but good things to say about him because he was there personally with him at the tryout and then I've worked shows with him and the dude's a machine I'm glad that it comes from another worker because like I said I would rather have the opinion of a guy who's actually been around him and I didn't know that you had had worked with him and been in the same room with him. So I'm glad that someone clarified for me that he's going to be good because I just thought, you know, 
in my in the back of my mind as a fan as a former worker I'm thinking wow they they moved him up fairly quickly from NXT because I remember on March 30th that's when his debut on Raw was and I didn't look at any notes by the way folks I just remember that off the top of my head about Austin Theory I've been watching him and I've noticed they okay when you said just to wrap this up real quick, because I know you got to get going to the gym. I've said that about like five minutes in a row. My bad. My apologies. It's okay. But you said it was a cardio blow-up. Jake's not lying, man. They've got a whole bunch of not just obstacle courses, but agility tests. they got weights. Not when you get done with the weights, you're doing inclines, declines. You're doing push-ups, sit-ups. You're doing not just you know, physical shit in the ring, my friends. It is you're exercising your brain and like William Regal said, if you don't condition during a match or before match or whatever you're doing, you gotta keep your body in shape. Because if you don't your matches are going to be the drizzling shit. And those are his exact words when you when he says what he's getting at is fitness is very important in professional wrestling and if you look at Jake's pictures, let me tell you, this guy's a specimen. I'm just, I'm just saying. Looks like the part. I appreciate it. Just the part, but, but I'm just telling you. Look at a prof- the definition of professional wrestlers. Even as tight, as small as um, Ben Balor or uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. You know why they make up for it, folks? Because they blow themselves up in cardio, not on purpose. But if you're in a certain length style of match and you don't have the cardio ability for it, like William Regal said, your matches are going to be the drizzling shit, not just for you, but for the worker involved. That's right. So, uh, before we wrap this up, my friend, is there any social media platforms that fans can reach out to you on before they go see you in Dallas? Absolutely, man. It's... uh... My Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash I'm Jake Logan. My Instagram handle is at official underscore I'm Jake Logan. And Twitter is I am Jake Logan. Beat that, Matt Taven. All right. Yeah. Eat it and eat it good. Like a good slice of pie at Frank's Pizzeria. Understand, folks. Jake Logan versus Matt Taven. Ring of Honor. Somebody better sign it. Because if you don't, I will annoy. I will annoy. In the proper way, not... Delirious is probably going to choke me out now. But, um... Uncle Bob, you know I don't antagonize. I love you too, Mr. Evans. But please make this match official, folks. Uh, Jake, thanks for being on the Russell Radio Network Special Edition on Tuesday, man. Um, I hope to have you again as a guest sometime soon, dude. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. All right, folks, you can catch this episode free on iTunes with Fight Him, No Thanks interviewing. Yes, Jake Logan and Russell Radio Network. So thank you, Jake. We hope to hear from you soon again, my man. Have a good time at the gym. All right, man. Have a good one. All righty. All right, folks, that was Jake Logan joining us on right here on Russell Radio Network. And... Like I said, it's always fun 
doing shows on unexpected times and unexpected dates. Moving forward on Off the Rails and Censored, since I didn't get a continuation, a clear continuation before my brain was like, you have to go to sleep, I am now I'm intrigued because I remember, like I said, I've watched Austin Theory. I have seen him, maybe in a couple matches here and there, seen him at Wrestling Revolver. But I, I for starters, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to just put this into consideration, right? What if Matt Taven goes one-on-one with Jake Logan? I mean, how cool would that be? I don't know, man. Look, why didn't you ask the questions when he was there? No, I, uh, they... Anyways, folks. So... What I'm going to point out next is when stars get pulled up, is it too soon? Okay? Is it too soon for them to be called up to the main roster? And I'm glad that I heard from someone else and hand him the microphone. So, in other words, <laughs> there's some areas that guys need improving upon. There's some guys that need work. I haven't seen enough of Austin Theory, and I know I'm repeating myself in a fucking loop, but I, I just want to point out. Sometimes people don't know who you are until they see you live in person. That's, you know, a rule that we hear in music, art, you know, I haven't seen your art, but can I see some examples of your artwork? Cool. And when you see it, you're just like, okay, cool. This guy's actually worth it. I just, you know, want to point out that in professional wrestling, sometimes you know that person that's in the ring is going to be the star, the man. Other times you're like, man, this, this guy really, you know, he came from NXT, was great, but he's fucking horrible. Or she's freaking terrible. We didn't give her a chance. Um, but this one, you know, I like say I'm an open book for Austin Theory. Some guys you give a shout out to and be like, man, thanks. Thanks for being a part of my wrestling fandom. What am I getting at? Is Austin Theory going to become like a fan favorite? Are people going to start buying his t shirts? You know, he's part of a group with uh, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, you know. Buddy Murphy upped his game when he came with Seth, and it's like, you you hate him, don't you? That's the objective goal of a fucking heel, right? Oh, man. It was, was, yeah, it was that thought exactly. Um, I just want to point out, like, if you you have watched professional wrestling within the last 20-plus years of your career as a fan or as a former worker – and you say to yourself, man, I remember this. I remember 
this guy, this gal. She's really got an audience working. There's like a few far in between, like Sensational Sherry or Luna Vachon or Fabulous Moolah or Mae Young. Junkyard Dog. Like it's one of those things, man. It's one of those things where you say, I remember that fucker. I remember when they said this and the crowd absolutely just lost their shit. Sherry was one of those characters, Jake the Snake Roberts, Macho Man Randy Savage, CM Punk, Edge Christian. There's a whole laundry list of superstars and wrestlers in the past and present that have, you know, really impacted professional wrestling. Is Austin Theory going to be the next Hogan? No. And when Jake said the magic words, is it all depends on when you hand him the microphone. Now I'm intrigued to hear him speak. This is going to be this is going to be one of those mad science experiments, folks, that you don't know or hear about. Or you don't not hear about it. it's like so we're moving him up because he's obviously a rising star. But the question is, how long? Because he seems like one of those that you don't you either guess right or you guess wrong. Sammy Zayn was one of those you guess right, you guess wrong, but in a different capacity. Why didn't Sammy pan out to main roster? Who knows? Who knows? But all I'm going to tell you is I want to know what direction they're going to head, you know, what Seth Rollins working behind, you know, working behind, working with Austin Theory and Buddy Murphy. Is this group going to click well together? Because there's, there's probably a reason why, you know, that Buddy Murphy and, um, well, Austin Theory have aligned with one another. So, <sighs> I'm answering some of your questions on Russell underscore radio, and I can tell you, Jake is a big one. You want to look at professional wrestling? This guy's big. You want to look about Texas born, Texas big? I mean, back to the days of, like, not the Texas tornado. God, no. I'm talking about Kerry Von Erich and the fabulous, and the Von Erich brothers, Kevin, fabulous Freebirds. This guy is huge. I want to actually take – yeah, I'm going to take a look at one of Jake's pictures right quick. You know? So, hmm. Yeah, this guy is huge. Looks like one of those guys you see is like a former professional uh, – not football player, but guy's got definition, got muscle mass. He looks – Everybody's got a beard now. No, not really. But he's got the the face 
for a poster that makes you think, I either love this guy or hate this guy. But what I'm getting at is Austin Theory. Hmm. That's a nice thought, right? Austin Theory versus Jake Logan. I'm just going to pitch his name with every opponent. But anyways, the point is I'm trying to say, or the questions I have in my own head is, is this guy for real? Even though Jake just told me he is, I still, the jury's still out, my friend. And I don't want to repeat myself on a fucking loop, but I I do have some time left in the show to point out thank you for all the fans that have up to listens to almost 6,000 all-time listens within two months. That is awesome, you guys. Thank you for loving and supporting um, our show here at Wrestle Radio Network. We love you. We don't know what we do without you. So, um... Right here, we just want to say thank you to the listeners in London, England, the listeners all over the place, uh, in Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, the good old United States of America, <clears throat> of course, Spain, Tokyo, Japan, the Philippines, India, Barcelona, whoever's listening to this shit, as, as stuff starts to reopen, I just want to say it's been one hell of a journey. I'm not going anywhere, no. We're still going to have a lot more guests on this show, believe it or not. We've had one, one, folks, this year. We need more. How going to do that? You'll find out. Oh, you'll find out. Right here on Wrestle Radio Network. Sometimes shows will be available for guests. If you wish to be a guest on my show, I can adjust the times accordingly and also due to my work schedule. So... If the times do not work out, we'll find an off day for you and myself. We can do a show even on a Sunday. It don't matter. Just know that professional wrestling is professional wrestling and always will be. Thank you for joining us here at Wrestle Radio Network. And if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Little bitches. I got to go rest up for the miles journey, all right? How about it? Why don't you? Take it.